are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richard Bradshaw. Joined always by my good friend, Connor Drios. We got a really fun episode planned out for you guys today. Lots of lots of speculation to be talking about, but before we get to that, we're going to be talking about the basketball team, what they need to do moving forward for the Sun Devils to right the ship with a quote-unquote favorable schedule looming for them. After that, we're going to talk about a couple of transfers that are coming to the Arizona State football program, which is, you know, just a sight for sore eyes with everything that's been going on. And then we're going to close it out with the rumor of a certain Arizona state coach being linked to an sec job opening. But before we dive into that, make sure that you're following us everywhere that you get your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Odyssey, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, wherever it is, we're free and available every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, free and available when we thank you guys for making us your first listen, by the way. Make sure you follow me and Connor on Twitter at RichieBrads36 and at Cedrios. Also follow the Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page at LO underscore Sun Devils. We give you guys the best Arizona State Sun Devils content in the whole wide world. Call me biased if you want, but I only speak truth and facts don't care about your feelings. With that being said, Connor, how are you? Not doing too bad. We're getting closer to the middle of the week here. ASU, I'm still coming off that win for ASU. Uh, so that's still a, a pretty good feeling uh, up until our next game against GCU. But overall, can't complain. Well, there you go. And before we get started, this episode of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. The holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed Omaha Steaks. Now then, let's go ahead and dive into this. Connor, we got to talk about the basketball team a little bit. Like you said, still writing off that really awesome victory over Oregon that gave us our not only our first Pac-12 victory of the year, but our first victory in Eugene in 10 years. And hopefully, hopefully, maybe a confidence booster that can help turn this team around. Keyword is maybe, right? No, nothing is guaranteed. I, I think there's a lot that went right for the Sun Devils in the game against Oregon. Not that it can't happen again. It's just, it, it felt like they did so many things well compared to what they've done in the previous X number of games. Certainly, they're, they're losing streak of five games before that. That I'm just... I'm not sure how sustainable it is yet. And in my opinion, that's the right approach. We can't freak out over one win for this ASU team over against. We can't. Uh, we cannot. But it's basketball. I, I don't care what the notes say. We can't freak Connor, out. Connor, you wrote down freak out about this team, but we but can't it's, do that. It's basketball. I yes. I I reserve the right to freak out if if we beat Mountain Ridge High School. Yes, but that's only for like. You can only do that until the next game. What what happens? I'm, I'm unfortunately putting well, this out. Well, it's not my fault. There's like two, three, sometimes four days in between games. Let me celebrate this game for the next week and a half. I, I said you. I said I'm doing great because I'm coming off that win still. So it, it was phenomenal to watch. How dare you try and take away this from me on my own podcast? I fist pumped multiple times, but he, here's the situation in front of them. 
ASU played their first Pac-12 game against Oregon. Now they've got four games up until December 30th where they play opponents outside the Pac-12. They get Grand Canyon coming up on Thursday, Creighton coming up on the following Tuesday, December 14th. Then they get San Francisco five days later, December 19th. And they get Florida A&M December 21st. So they got four games that don't mean nothing. They absolutely carry some weight, but in terms of your overall conference record, they don't change anything for you. So as a worst case scenario, if you still go 0-4, like even if even if you do have a great conference record, but you're losing all these other games, the committee still has to look at you and decide this team's worthy of potentially making the uh, the NCAA tournament. So it's not that these games don't mean anything because they do. In my opinion, what they need to do over the ne- the next couple games, worst case scenario, you have to go two and two, ideally at least three and one. Uh, I'm not sure with the way this team's playing that you can beat all four of these teams. I'm just just trying to be realistic here, but get healthy. There's still not a solid timetable for Marcus Bagley's return. So as long as you can get your guys in in a little bit more of a groove, Marcus Bagley can come back before December 30th, before they have to play number 16 at the moment, USC. That That's where they have to go, right? They, they need to at least build off of this previous win uh, against a, a good Oregon team, take what they learned, what went well for them, and apply it to these next couple games. Because if they can't do that and they sputter, even if they go one and three or lose all four of these games, God forbid, it is going to be a long season for the Sun Devils basketball team. Well, the the good news with Bagley not returning, at least on the surface anytime soon, is at least you have guys like DJ Horn who have been stepping up big time. I I truly, like, not truly, but I, there is a part of me that Untrue? wonders. Un, I, just, I don't know. You're putting words in my mouth now. But I, I'm curious, do... Do we win at least two more games if Marcus Bagley is in, or is that me being like super, super high hopeful? I, the word "at least" is a little scary. I, I, it's definitely more likely, more likely for sure. But even if like they had two more wins, um, when I say at least, I, I, I guess I meant like two more games. They're not going to beat Baylor, right? Regardless, uh, who else they play in that tournament? I don't they played, uh, they played Loyola. Uh, I, I'm really not sure they would beat Loyola, who's been a quality team over the last three, four years. Uh, and I think it was San Diego S- State, Syracuse. Uh, yeah, maybe San Diego State. They could beat Syracuse. They lost, I think, by four, so maybe they could win that game. But yeah, at, at least is, is a tough word to use there. Definitely, definitely more likely for sure. Yeah, let me. I'll walk back that at least comment. But in the meantime, <clears throat> excuse me. DJ Horn has been stepping up. Kamani Lawrence continues to play good. You're getting good production off the bench from other guys as well. And right now, Connor, the biggest thing is I understand these aren't conference play games. And at the end of the day, they're not going to hold as much weight as those conference games. But I'm telling you right now, you got to win three of them. You have to. If not, win out. And it's not going to be easy because Grand Canyon and Creighton have both been flirting with the bracket for a little while now. I can't speak to San Francisco, and there's a part of me that feels like Florida A&M has flirted, but I could be wrong. Hey, GCU made it last year and got bounced in the first round. There you go. So GCU made it, and I know Creighton has made it in the past too. So those are two teams that you can't overlook by any 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 sense of the imagination. And honestly, you can't overlook anyone because, I mean, look at UC Riverside ended up taking us down. And call it what you will on a fluke shot. Never should have been that close to begin with. And you just, Connor, you got to win at least three of these games. Plain and simple. So we're using the word overlook. 
But to be honest, ASU might be that team that other others schools are, are saying to themselves, we can't overlook them. Yes, they've struggled this season. They do have some talent. This is the team we can't overlook because if, if we, quote unquote, play down to their level, right, to, through what they've done through about 10 games so far this season, that's a game we could end up losing to a team that, that at the moment is very beatable. While these other teams don't carry the weight of the name that ASU does, uh, these other basketball teams are playing quite a bit better than uh, than ASU. So, yes, they are not other Pac-12 schools. They're not Power 5 programs. But ASU has a target on their back right now. And right now, they're more name than they are hype. I don't think I would disagree with you and anything that you just said, no matter how unfortunate it may be. But I, I, I don't know. There... There is some optimism that we could be able to turn this thing around. It's just going to take a lot of contributions across the board. It can't just be DJ Horn and Kamani Lawrence. Marion Jackson needs to start Luther making Muhammad. his shot. Luther Muhammad needs to step up. I would personally like to see more of Enoch Boache, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, like, the whole team needs to come together because two guys isn't going to be able to carry this team right now. Especially when they're dragging and they're they're drowning right now. This season is very quickly going down the drain. They got to turn it around. You've already used the word "win out," so it's not a not a great strategy. Well, I mean, it's a great strategy for sure, but not necessarily a great approach. Saying we have to do this, and you're only a handful of games into the season. So I, I'm going to say it. It is a term that's thrown around a ton, uh, but ASU needs to take this one game at a time. Right? We're we're already. We're already looking now in the next four games to, up until USC, but the next game, like the most important game, is seriously the one that's right in front of them because of the hole they're already digging themselves. And just because they've come off of one win, that was not a dominant performance by any means. They could have very, very easily lost that game as well. Um, and we probably have a, a little bit more of a different tone about this ASU team. So eyes up against uh, Grand Canyon coming up on Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. So if they can go in, get another win, uh, again, continue to build on what they did against Oregon, I can at least believe a little bit more in this team uh, from what I've seen so far this season. And there you go. So we're going to go ahead and wrap up the first segment on that note. When we return, we're going to talk about a couple of transfers coming to the Arizona State football program and what they may mean for the 2022 season. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes. The power of free unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of the one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save, Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers slash coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for more details. All right, college football fanatics. Have you guys heard of Price Picks yet? If not, let me tell you. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this and I know you're going to love it too. PricePix is a leader in college sports and daily fantasy. PricePix is a leader in college sports and daily fantasy. PricePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers not just the star players of the Power Five, but also mid-major players you might not have even heard of. 
Price Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even the interceptions thrown. Check this out. Use the new promo code Locked On for your first deposit and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code Locked On. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and the best part is it's just you for some projected numbers. PricePix also allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on LeBron James and combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com. Remember to use that promo code Locked On. Or go to the App Store and download the app today. Price Fix is daily fantasy made easy. And we're back for the second segment of a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys again so much for making us your first listen every day. The best part about this podcast, it's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Let's go ahead and dive right into the second segment here. We're just going to touch real briefly. We got a couple transfers coming into the Arizona State football team program and potentially what their roles could be for 2022 as the positions are going to be facing a major, major makeover. Connor, tell me those two kids we got coming in. So we got linebacker Rodney Gross Jr. transferring from Mississippi State. Essentially, he is going to be a redshirt freshman for you. He only played in four games in 2020 uh, and then sat out, I believe. And then we also have tight end Bryce Pierre coming in uh, from Sacramento State. Three-star tight end, which makes our second tight end commit coming in the 2022 class, uh, which he played in nine games, I believe, last year. So he'll be a sophomore coming into the season, uh, essentially for a position where ASU is lacking a lot of depth. So let's start with Rodney Gross Jr. Linebackers, a lot of question marks after this season because you're going to have— Three of them are gone. Yep, you're going to have Darian Butler, uh, Kyle Soley, and Merlin Robertson all gone for one reason or another. Eric Gentry seems to be pretty locked in at one of those positions uh, after making uh, freshman All-American. I would think Connor Soley is going to at least be in the conversation for one of the other spots. I don't think they're going to commit to anybody outside of probably Gentry. Uh, and then you got Gross coming in, who really hasn't done anything so far. He's played in four games, but really doesn't have any stats so far this season. But the dude's 6'1", 240. Um, we'll, we'll see where he can kind of line up. They, they don't really have a ton of depth at linebacker as well, so... Uh, they're going to need somebody else. So if I were to bet right now, you probably have Gentry coming in uh, to, uh, to start and then Connor Sully. So really that's probably going to leave one other linebacking spot and Gross is at least going to play uh, or compete for that uh, come this spring. Yeah, so the linebacking spot is definitely an area where I'm very intrigued <clears throat> Excuse me, to see what direction we're going to end up going. So Eric Gentry is the one that I feel most confident with there's a reason why he was seeing a little more playing time as the season progressed and I feel very confident that he can step into a larger role for the team and who knows maybe even become the best defender I mean after all this defense is going to have a completely different look Connor we're losing so many guys all over the place that the reinforcements are going to be needed and the bright side remind me his name again uh, Rodney Gross Jr. Right, Rodney Gross. So it, it's really important that you have any guys that have college experience coming in. So his experience of, at at Sacramento State, excuse me, is going to be... The Mississippi State. Mississippi. Sacramento State is the, kid, the tight end. 
Oh, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. But either either way, Gross does have college experience so far. There you go. My my mistake. Okay, so I was right about Sac State somewhere in there. So either way, it's important that you're getting somebody with college experience to come in and help this defense pick up the slack and figure out what to do while it tries to figure out its identity again. And in the meantime, on the offense, the tight end, help me out. I haven't memorized their names yet. Uh, that's going to be Bryce Pierre coming in uh, from Sac State, who, ironically enough, is where Rashad White came from. Well, Does, there you go. So future all-Pac-12 player. That, it must be cause and effect. So I guess Bryce Pierre does uh, know Johnny Wilson as well, so he toured with him this past weekend. Uh, said that he, he spoke very highly of the program. Uh, Pierre actually did live in Arizona for a while, living out in Surprise for a little bit. So coming into a, a position where you don't really have a lot of depth at tight end. You've got two incoming kids, but as far as last or this this current group of players, Curtis Hodges is leaving. They really don't have much else behind him. Case Hatch is actually technically listed as tight end fullback too, uh, but we know that he's not going to be catching passes anytime soon. Then you have Jalen Conyers, who's a redshirt freshman transfer, uh, going into it, at least his second season, technically third season, and then John Stivers, who's a graduate transfer, so he won't be on your roster anymore. So really there's a a ton of room for competition for these upcoming tight ends. They're going to have essentially a redshirt sophomore and then two, I shouldn't say a freshman. You've got one incoming freshman in Jacob Newell, uh, and then you have uh, Bryce Pierre. So I'm curious if they're even going to use this position very much next year. My my thought is probably not. May you see somebody flash a little bit here and there? Sure. But I I think Curtis Hodges probably gave you more upside than anybody else will going into the season. Now, Part of that comes from the fact that we don't know a lot about these kids, right? Jacob Newell hasn't gotten a chance to play as a freshman. Um, Curtis Hodges has been starting for you, so you really haven't had any other tight ends that they've been using on this team, especially since they're not pass-happy as it is. Bryce Pierre really doesn't have a ton of college stats to his name so far, playing in nine games last year for about 145 yards, three touchdowns. It's not nothing, but I I highly doubt any of the tight ends they're going to have on this ASU team are really going to be high contributors, but I would love to be proven wrong on that. Yeah, so I think it's just going to be one of those things where Pierre's going to have the inside track. <clears throat> excuse me, he's going to have the inside track to get to get um, significant reps. I don't, I'm not going to say starting time because who knows. But I would I would very much suggest or not suggest, but interpret, infer, as my eighth graders would figure out. I would make an inference. Other synonyms that <laughs> again, my my eighth graders would know that, but. I would make an inference here that the tight end is not going to be a very important position for the Sun Devils in 2022, especially because you have a very interesting cast of receivers. I know you're losing, <clears throat> I know you're losing uh, Brian Thompson, but that's really not a big deal. You're getting Andre Johnson back. Ricky Pearsall should be returning. You also will have LB Bunkley, Shelton, Johnny Wilson, and um, Chad Johnson Jr. So there's a lot of intriguing receiving options there for the Sun Devils to flirt with. Plus you're going to have uh, two stud running backs and a mobile quarterback. So I, I just, I really don't see a scenario where the tight end becomes a huge facet of this offense. If, if even used at all, Connor, I, I wouldn't be surprised if when this next year rolls around, if you see our starting lineup, not have the tight end position included. And I don't think that would be like the the worst case scenario. The the biggest 
biggest overall thing for the passing game is just that there was there really wasn't much to it last year. So whether it's going to a tight end or a wide receiver, I don't care what they call themselves. They really just need to find a way to pass the ball more effectively. And if that's not to a tight end, that's fine. You've got a, a plethora of wide receivers who are not lacking talent. They might be lacking some of the upside or some of the other power five schools uh, that we probably watch on like a, a weekly basis. But yeah, not not a them losing Curtis Hodges to me is a bigger deal than anyone they've got coming in. So there you go. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the second segment of this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. When we return, it's time to do a little speculating, put our tinfoil hats on, and talk about a potential link between an Arizona State coach and a potential opening in the SEC. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. I was having a conversation with somebody recently about what their favorite steak was, and I had to talk about Omaha Steaks, something I've been using with my family for years, and a delicious meal we always have to include is specifically Omaha Steaks. The holidays are right around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable but guaranteed gift to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift gift package. For $99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breasts, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code COLLEGE, you'll also get an additional 8 Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today for omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code COLLEGE. Achieve gift greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword college. And we return for the third and final segment of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Before we wrap up this Tuesday edition, Connor, we got a little bit of rumors to talk about here. And that would be Arizona State football's offensive coordinator, Zach Hill, being linked to the Auburn offensive coordinator position for their football team. Rumors are always true, correct? As a famous Adele once said, rumor has it. That's not the quote I expected at all. Never in a million years. If you would have told me after... Hello from the other side. Stop, stop, don't interrupt me. I talk, you talk. That's how this works. I talk, you talk, I talk, you talk. If if you would have told me at the end of this podcast, however long we did it for... And you would have said like, or, or someone said, hey, remember that time you quoted Adele? And we'd be like, no, whoever's going to quote Adele on our podcast? Yet here we sit like 60 episodes in and I've already lost that bet. Anyways, Auburn has an offensive coordinator My position. My own podcast. Auburn, and I'm getting ripped for Adele. The Auburn Tigers have an offensive coordinator position open uh, after their previous uh, offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo, was sent packing recently. Mike after what? Bobo. Bobo. Is that... Is that funny to you, Mr. Bradshaw? <laughs> At the time. Okay, well, so only one season with Auburn, and now they're looking for another offensive coordinator. Here's where it gets interesting. Uh, Brian Harson, I guess, had actually coached previously with Zach Hill when they were at Boise State. He was the, the head coach at Boise State, and Zach Hill served as their OC slash quarterbacks coach from 2016 to 2019. So I'm not quite sure if Zach Hill is going to be the favorite to go uh, to Auburn if he even accepts the position. But there is a connection there that I didn't realize. This is something I actually seen on Twitter now for several weeks. Didn't necessarily understand where this is coming from, but what are your thoughts on Zach Hill leaving? Would you be heartbroken? Is this a good thing for the Sun Devils? Where does that leave you? 
I will tell you that <clears throat> a few years ago, we lost Mike Norvell. And that was a brutal blow. And Norvell was a guy that I thought would have been a good head coaching candidate for when Todd Graham left. And I was devastated but very happy for him that he got his gig at Memphis and then eventually got the gig with Florida State. With Zach Hill, I do not feel the same. I think Zach Hill is a very – he's a coordinator. He is an offensive coordinator, Connor. That is his job title that is his job. last time I checked. I don't hate Zach Hill, but it just felt like we just could not play to our strengths this year. It felt like it was way too inconsistent, and it, it was just so much of this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of kind of play through with the Sun Devils offense. And I, I feel like it's only fair – that some of Jaden's struggles get pinned on the coaching staff and their inability to continue to progress him to the next step in his career. And that would fall on Zach Hill because Herm Edwards is not an offensive mind. The first offensive mind is Zach Hill. And Zach Hill let down Jaden this year. And we we can't entirely blame Zach Hill for Jaden because Jaden has... Jaden's the one who's throwing the football and reading the defense, but Zach is the one who's supposed to be making the adjustments for Jaden to get better week to week, especially when you see that what's not working isn't getting fixed. So Zach Hill, would it suck to lose him? Of course, because he's important to this offense and he he does have a connection with Jaden. But unlike Mike Norvell, which is where I made the connection, I'm not going to lose sleep at night over it. So you said Zach Hill does not play this offense to its strengths. What strength was he missing? Connecting everything. <clears throat> he did a good job running the football. But that's easy to do when you have three. Rashad freaking white. You have Rashad freaking white. You have Chip Trainum, Daniel Nagata, animal quarterback. I could call a good run game with that. He could not figure out the deep ball and opening it up. Could Jaden hit it? No. But you still couldn't figure out how to connect the dots. You couldn't call a consistently good passing game that would be leaned on by the run game. So did you play on your strengths of running the football? Yes. But you didn't play on the strengths of years past where Jaden did have the deep ball down. And Jaden was connecting with Brandon Ayuk and Frank Darby down the field to set up short field position. You lost your identity this year as a well-balanced team and put yourself in situations where you had to get away from running the football. And when that happened, you lost. You and, some- you and I had talked about that a ton, especially when they're playing some of the easier games in their schedule. Well, okay, what happens when ASU is down? What happens in a game against Washington State where they turn the ball over a billion times before the first half, and now they have to pass in order to catch back up and win? It's just – it's not – I shouldn't say it's impossible for this team, but it's definitely not likely. I, You're totally right. Part of, of Jaden Daniels this year does fall on Zach Hill. Well, it's not the majority, it can't be all on Jaden, right? It, there, there's a, a question of like, is it the chicken before the egg? Who knows? Um, I, I think I'm in the same boat as you. No love lost per se um, with Zach Hill leaving, but at the same time, are you going to get somebody else in there who, who's going to do better with this team? 
if that's the case, was it just wide receivers need a little bit more time to uh, to just be in the system, get a little bit more experience in college, which we have touched on. So th- there's so many so many moving parts to it that if they excel next year with or without Zach Hill, I'm not even sure it's all much. It, or a lot of it is even going to be on Zach Hill. If he goes, good for him. Auburn is a bigger program than ASU. If it gets him more, uh, if it's if it's going to be a better position for him and not a lateral move, go for it, man. I'm not sure if there would where they would hire somebody internally, or, or sorry, I, I should say promote somebody internally, like an example, like their quarterback's coach or whoever that might be. Uh, so whoever would replace him, I'm not sure who that is just yet, uh, but I, I think we're both in the same boat. If Zach Hill leaves, good for him. Uh, don't dislike the guy at all. Uh, no, definitely not. That, that that wasn't what I was trying to paint the perception of yep. either. I, yep. And I know you didn't take it that way. Yeah. So, but it, it also on the flip side, like if you don't know what the next coordinator could bring, which it could be worse, it honestly could be worse than what Zach Hill did this year, uh, or at least what the offense did on the field this year. Uh, but at the same time, there's kind of the element of like the unknown with what the next coordinator could be. So, if you have somebody who can come in and change the system a little bit, maybe be a little bit more pass happy uh, and gets uh, Jaden Daniels, I, I shouldn't say fixed, uh, but just playing better. Uh, closer like he did his freshman year or so, uh, and that could be a good thing. Good thing for this program. Yeah, we'll we'll see. So I mean, at the end of the day, <clears throat> Auburn is a SEC school, and they are they have a good stable of running backs. I was looking, I was looking into this because I thought it was interesting. He'd be going to a very similar situation, but for what it's worth, Zach Jaden Daniels is still better than Bo Nix, and I'll go ahead and leave it there. This has been the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Now go ahead and make your second listen of the day. Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms, just like the Locked on Sun Devils podcast, where you can find us everywhere. Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Anything and everything in between, we're there Monday through Friday providing you the best Arizona State Sun Devils content that there is in the whole wide world. I've been Richie Bradshaw. Follow me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. My co-host, Connor Drios. Follow him at C Drios. And of course, follow the Locked on Sun Devils podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. And until next time, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.